This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Here we go again, again. There is a raging debate going on as to the value of proposed CO2 sequestration pipelines and the willingness of farmers to approve the easements for the companies planning to build them. There are strong opinions on both sides, with most heat coming from the opposition. There are three projects planned, Summit Carbet Solutions, Navigator Ventures, and ADM. I would note that one of the projects detours around to miss Minnesota, and the other barely penetrates the state to reach ethanol plants but doesn't cross it. I suspect that there is a reason for that, likely in Minnesota statutes. While the opposition often embellishes their reasoning, at least they have some, some of it is valid, the opposition highlighted problems with the Dakota Access oil pipeline as evidence of how construction can go really wrong. I can validate that concern. That pipeline happens to go very near to where my daughter and son-in-law live in central Iowa, and I got to see firsthand the mess that they made. They flooded during construction, but did not stop. I assume that they have schedules to meet and they plowed through the water and mud. You cannot separate topsoil and clay when it is mud. They placed railroad ties in fields to drive over and then did not retrieve all of them. And the result was a horrible compaction in some fields that is likely still a problem today. What those farmers got for the easement and the long-term crop damage would not have covered the loss. There has to be remedies, fines, and penalties built into the contracts as suing them to be compensated would only make the lawyers rich. Some of the concerns cited are based on experiences that happened as long as 40 to 50 years ago. Technology has improved since. Pipelines have more sensors and shutoffs. Pipeline accidents of all types have significantly declined in the United States. Many have died as the result of natural gas leaks, but no one so far from a CO2 leak. Liability can be protected with landowners held harmless, defaulting the liability of the pipeline company or with liability insurance. I believe that restrictions can be placed in what conditions that they can construct in. Things like allowing landowner access to enter the easement property for observation and inspection purposes to confirm that tile lines were properly repaired can be spelled out. Another concern is while the contract says that they are to operate in a specific way, what if they don't? What is the recourse if the response to a disagreement is suing? Again, the legal system is a poor remedy. These CO2 pipeline projects are going to have to pay for some of the sins of projects that have gone before them. As I have previously noted, they have to get the lion's share of those easements from landowners who voluntarily accept what they are offered before any eminent domain would be rendered. These landowners have enormous leverage. Many are opposed to claim no interest in the size of the easement payment, but when asked what they were offered, answered, we have not been made an offer yet. They may be large enough to cause second thoughts as to how to manage this. What can these pipeline projects afford to pay? One heck of a lot. They get paid for every metric ton of CO2 that they sequester. For example, Summit says that they would have the capacity to capture up to 12 million metric tons of carbon annually. I was told they can sell a carbon credit for a ton of sequestered CO2 for $75 to the private sector. Companies like Deere, Delta Airlines, Amazon, and a host of others will buy carbon credits to help them meet their carbon offset and their climate plans by whatever target date they selected. 
If they are to be carbon neutral by 2045, for example, they will do so by reducing their carbon footprint and by buying carbon credits. These credits have been rising in value. Europe is a formalized carbon credit market where they are traded. They recently traded for $112 a metric ton there. A California carbon credit has reportedly been selling for $200 a ton. A typical ethanol plant producing 100 million gallons of ethanol per year will also produce roughly 300,000 metric tons of CO2 per year. About 40% of the North American merchant market for CO2 is secured from ethanol plants. They are going to produce this CO2 either way. Most is transported by trucks, and we drink it every time we enjoy a carbonated soda. It makes ethanol companies more regulatorily greener if they can get their CO2 sequestered. They produce some pure CO2 in the ethanol process. It makes it pretty simple to capture and compress for tripoline transport. Part 2 of this report will further frame the debate over the CO2 sequestration. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.